one. Spags, we are here. The chat is already tilting because I had a typo in the title. I thought I maybe fixed it. Maybe I didn't. It's been that kind of day, but nothing can get us on track quite like a few more puppy drafts. Yeah, of course, nothing is going to make life less chaotic than doing three drafts at once. Where we're going to try three of the best draft styles, or at least the most popular structures out there. We're going to do an anchor RB build, a hyper fragile build, and of course, my precious zero RB build in the puppy today. We're also going to catch up on the Zach Wilson MILF news, including his great Instagram caption, and one QB who Pete is touting in the Fantasy Life newsletter. We'll hit that right after this intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spags, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? And and how's, I guess, how's life treating you? You seem like you're a little bit frazzled before the show. No, just busy, man. Busy trying to, uh, we're going to Colorado next week. We're going to be having open houses at our condo while we're in Colorado. So we just have so much stuff uh, to get prepared to get our, our condo ready. Basically, like all these projects I put off for five, six years, um, just because like I didn't need to do them for me, but I want to do them for whoever's going to offer us money for our condo. And, um, you know, I would much rather just pay people to do all of these things and trying to balance that while providing content to the good people all at the same time. Well, how benevolent of you. And it does seem like, Pete, like you're making an impact in some of the lives out there. Nick saying that he had an uncle die yesterday. The swole cast at Chip Chasing helped him a lot to get the mind off him. Thank you to the best episodes of those shows. So, Pete, we don't get sentimental up top a lot here, but that's a nice little chat there from Nick. Uh, very sorry to hear that, Nick. That does not not sound fun. And, um, you know, our thoughts, uh, you know, with you and your family there, I know that uh, that sounds like a hard time. So glad we could, uh, you know, give you a distraction there uh, while things aren't looking too good. Yeah, now you can plug your ears and watch this show and go like, oh, this distraction is not helping at all. In fact, it's only making me sadder. But Pete, we got to get the plugs out of the way first. Of course, people should be subscribed to your channel. They should also go subscribe to the Splash Play channel. But the Deposit Kingdom is the one that I sometimes forget to plug in the intro. And I saw you had a new video today uh, touting the players that people should be looking for. So you're diving into the player take business after being so staunchly against it for so long. Well, if you watch the video, you'd know it's actually a I player archetype business. <laughs> I'm just giving you a tee-up. <laughs> no, you're not going to beat me on that one, friend. No, I am. I am. No, it's uh, it's more teaching how to fish, spotting the archetypes, mm -hmm. the type of players, and specifically through the lens of the players whose production historically rises at the end of the season. And so I look at kind of different cohorts of players with the thesis being, and I think I've mentioned just because it's been in my head while working on this video on some of my streams, like the ADP on underdogs really efficient, but it's efficient in a way of trying to price players for their production weeks one through 17. And I think it would be a totally different exercise if you said, okay, let me see your ranks. If the season just started week 14 and you were just doing weeks 14 through 17, what would your ranks look like? They should and probably would look very differently. And the way these tournaments are structured, I think we should be more weighted toward a late season ranking or lens for drafting these players. And if you take that lens and then look at these type of archetypes, you really start to see players who are, are really mispriced in the market relative to what they can provide at the end of the season. So um, it's one of those two where it's like some of the examples I use, they might get, you know, blown up, you know, in a way, say injury timelines, but it's more spotting the guys who are discounted right now because there'll be more of those to pop up. Like I didn't even mention Kamara in the video, but he's probably a good one right now of like that suspension risk looks like it's about to evaporate. And, you know, he's going at the three, four turn in some of these drafts right now. So it's more just like kind of reorienting your lens of how you think through player selection. No, I think that was a good way to, to put it. And I certainly uh, teasing Pete a little bit here, but he does point out some of the guys that I think we talked about in some of the Friday solo streams I've been doing guys that we've been targeting on these streams as well when we're drafting. So I think a lot of interesting takes on there, including Pete talking about some of the uh, complimentary players or the guys that can correlate to other guys who are drafted higher and can benefit if those guys go down the handcuffs, uh, those kind of players out there. So I think it's worth watching. Go check it out on the deposit kingdom channel and go subscribe to that one. And your, your laundry list of places to subscribe to. And speaking of things to subscribe to go to football outsiders.com right now, the football 
Outsiders Almanac, one of the Bibles of the industry that has team profiles for every single team. Lots of fun facts have been seeing tweeted by media people from it, which is always great that I guess we have that impact that people are preparing for the season with it. But uh, I would recommend go checking it out at footballoutsiders.com. We have an early bird special going right now. 20% off on the site and honestly subs right now. Very important for football outsiders because uh, trying to get things going in the right direction for the season and definitely want to get things uh, analytically where they should be. So I feel good about what I've done for them. Uh, so go check them out at footballoutsiders.com. And Pete, I'm going to bring up one quick chat here from Jake. Jake, noticing my new setup. Pete, I feel like we're a married couple. I changed my hair right before your eyes. You didn't even give me a single look of, oh, you're looking good today, baby. But Jake is in there giving me flame emojis. So what, like the monitor's like two inches bigger? What did you do? The monitor is substantially bigger. There's actually a 40 inch behind me now. So this is a full upgrade prime day. I also have a, a little, I have the stream deck now here, Pete, so I can click little buttons, transition to things. And I moved then the monitor that was behind me over here. So I got like a mouse and a keypad. So like I'm fully equipped to do multiple drafts. Like I've never been more prepared to produce three drafts at once today. So show me that, show me some of the bells and whistles. Show me an example of using the stream deck. Um, okay, so if we were to go, oh, look, I want to go to a one person. Oh, there's Pete just all by himself. No, now we're back at the, the split one. Now we're back in our overlay. I go to the uh, screen share. Oh, there's a big Pete. I'll add this to the stream as well. Though, look, big Pete with a little screen. Uh, something for everybody here in all these different layouts, Pete. Let me let me tr let me try it now here. Oh wow, here's a big Pete. Oh, here's a big Pete with spags. Oh, look at that. We got the draft board right here. Oh, and now we're back here. Oh, slightly bigger. <laughs> Oh, look, I want to mute my mouse. I have my microphone. <laughs> this is actually my preferred way to have you. Will you utilize that part a little bit more? It just makes it more convenient because I'm trying to be a streamer, Pete. I'm trying to follow your lead. And then, of course, you know, ride your coattails and then jump off and improve as much as I can. But I'm going to be streaming more stuff, Pete. So I got I to gotta improve. And, and Prime Day makes it tempting for an independent contractor trying to make content. What, what, uh, what other uh, streaming plans do you have coming down the pipeline? I think there's going to be some NBA in the future. I think I just mostly want to be situated for future career things that could inquire, require me doing more videos on the reg. And I just want to up the production a little bit. I always felt like the monitor back here is a little too small. Over here, it's gigantic. But now on the screen, like I feel like this all flows a little better. The feng shui is popping. My face has gotten even bigger behind me, which is always the goal. I was going to make fun of you for just kind of showcasing your face on these thumbnails. I'm the one that makes the thumbnails, but you are the one that puts it behind you. But then I'm also the guy that has a, a giant acrylic painting of me playing basketball uh, just out of frame. So who am I to throw stones? You actually, if you want to get a laugh, Pete, you might enjoy the thumbnail for my solo stream tomorrow that is up already. So if you want to go subscribe to the Splash Play channel, get us to a thousand subs on there. And Pete has committed to doing a drunk special with me on that channel. Uh, but Pete, I don't know if you want to pull it up on the stream or I can find it, but um, I think it's a worthwhile thumbnail, you know, really exhibiting what I'm trying to do of turning zero RB. You were so serious about it back in 2016. I'm now fully turning it into a bit of comedic, you know, stylings that will also hopefully win me money. Spags, we've been doing comedic bits about zero RB. <laughs> for years okay can i give you actual thumbnail feedback about this too much going on way too much going on way too much text i do like the premise of the x's in the arrow on them but i do think that you just drop the text and then put that text in the title say like the war against fantasy rbs bbm3 draft or whatever it's it's too much uh, look, I get it could be too much, Pete. I just feel like I'm trying some different things out, playing with the studio space, inspired by you. So this is, you've created a best ball monster. You've created a YouTube thumbnail monster. This is all really, all the mistakes I make are entirely on your head. What is, uh, why are you wearing like a pith helmet? Because <laughs> it's a war, Pete. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm a soldier at the front lines battling these running backs. Jesus. <laughs> so Pete, let's talk about one player, I guess, that is not a running back that we talked about the other day as well. Follow up on the Zach Wilson Milf story and a good reason to jump to the deposit kingdom as well. Our own mathology hopping into the deposit kingdom, providing reporting about which of, which of Zach Wilson's mom's friends that he thought was going to be the Milf in question had some videos of her dancing around, had a photo of her. So if you ever want to pay a premium price tag, that's it. But the big story, Pete, that's catches the media attention. Zach Wilson's follow up posted a caption saying, took the boys to Gaza Ranch, Idaho before camp. Poor Seltzer. What did I miss? And the fantasy relevant part, Pete, also got some chime in here from Garrett Wilson, Michael Carter, who a favorite target of Zach Wilson last year. The Jets are vibing, Pete. The MILF hunter is really thriving, it seems like, in Idaho. Dude, I bet he was just... You, first of all, you're the quarterback, and you take these guys out. I assume you, you know, you're putting this on your bill, your tab, taking these guys all out to this ranch, feeding them, you know, team bonding. Then this story breaks. I mean... 
you got all your teammates coming around, patting you on the back saying, Zach's got that dog in him. I mean, what a, what a nice run out for Zach Wilson here out here waterboarding uh waterboarding uh, whatever that's called he's just waterboarding his teammates and going i'm good at football you believe i'm good at football oh whatever the fuck that sport is called um uh, they're doing s'mores here um uh, look at this i mean this is just cute this is really cute uh ross saying he's a jets fan he's all in on the qb after that post but he has to hide his wife from him so that does check out i think zach wilson i love what i'm seeing pete i, I did play the stephen a smith went against this being good for his fantasy capital but i feel like this just shows like players just like a guy who's fucking the like, players are like oh this guy is fucking and that's just like what they love not you know not inclusive of a, a free trip to idaho i suppose and i will say just to i mean spags did reference it but in the deposit kingdom discord in the splash play channel if you scroll up a little bit you can get mathology's deep dive instagram research hunting down uh the suspected milf that zach wilson is hooking up with so if you want to go down that rabbit hole the funniest part of mathology's research to me wasn't the fact that he did it it was the fact that the research was delayed because he had like a, a contracting thing um, for his day job that had gone wrong. He had like a photo of like a backhoe that had tipped over. And I just imagined him being like, fuck, this is really delaying me from going home and doing my Zach Wilson milf research. Mathology too. So he, it's weird. Like Mathology, a regular in the channel. I think one of our most valued members of the community, I would say. He also didn't subscribe to the Splash Play channel until like two days ago. Like I got the notification really? like Mathology has subscribed. Wow. So he's been in there pumping it full of porn, getting titties, getting me to post innocently, posting titties left and right on that streams. And, and it just feels unfair, Pete, that I, I didn't earn his sub until now. Yeah, no, we're... And you remember how I first got introduced to Mathology, right? Maybe. So he became a, a bit character on my showdown streams because he always wanted to jam two defenses in his showdown lineups. And he would always come into the chat being like, how's it looking for a double D night? Um, and so we all had lots of fun, you know, doing, uh, you know, double entendres with double D's throughout the show. So he's always been a, a pillar of the chat and a pillar of horn doggery as far as uh, as long as I've known him. Also seeing a good amount of people on the Splash Play YouTube channel watching live. Just so you guys know, the live chat that we pay attention to the most is on Peach channel. So go subscribe to both. And the archives on Splash Play, I think, uh, are a good way reason to go there. But uh, check the live chat on Peach channel if you want to be part of the conversation on here. Pete, are you ready to jump? Actually, do you want to talk about your mystery QB? I tease it up top, so I feel like we got hit it. But it's Russell Wilson, right? And I feel like we're in agreement on this one that Russ is ready to cook. The quote that you had in the Fantasy Life newsletter, which, of course, everybody should be subscribed to. Pete's doing a great job of stealing stuff as you need to keep an eye on news more and more. And AFC personnel evaluation. Evaluator to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler saying, I think you'll see a rejuvenated Russ with the Broncos. They're tailoring things around him. He'll have more ownership of his offense and a good supporting cast. We've been drafting like this is the case, Pete, and I feel like we've been buying in, talking about the AFC West a lot. Russ getting his chance to show what he can do with a, an offensive coach as well who's going to hopefully get him to limit his mistakes, much like Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay. Great news item to have, and I feel like Russ, he's being drafted where he should. Does he get steamed up even more now? Um... I don't know. He he still it it seems like the market is definitely way more excited about um even Trey Lance. Uh, I know Russell Wilson's still going a little bit ahead of him, but I do suspect we'll see that flipping here uh soon once kind of the Jimmy G stuff, the ambiguity is removed. But yeah, we were just talking in the newsletter. We had, you know, Matt Harmon did a reception perception piece for us on Judy. We had a very cool illustration from Sam Holt in there. And uh yeah, I mean, my thing with the Broncos, they're just like the funnest team to stack. Um, because you, you really never, there's some stacks that are just hard to pull off. You never really get boxed out of a good Broncos stack. You know, whether you're going for chiefs and you want to tack on a bring back, you know, if you get Judy or Sutton, like it's not that hard to get Wilson. And then if you want the double stack with it, like you have three really good options all in the double digit round. So they're one of the cleanest teams to stack. Um, maybe that makes them a team that gets maybe overstacked. I guess that's more of an advanced level discussion there, but they are a, a really fun team to take stabs on. And for that week 17 correlation with Kansas City, definitely a fun stack to have on both sides there that people probably gravitate towards. I know some headlines this week about the Chiefs players talking about how this offense is going to be more electric than ever. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But either way, uh, definitely one of those week 17 correlations with Denver and Kansas City that has some positive news items around them right now. Uh, Pete, anything else you want to hit on? Or are you ready here to jump into three puppies at once doing different drafts at the same time and, and hopefully not fucking it up like we did, I think, the last time we tried? And are you are you hosting all three of these on yes, your account? I'll do all three today. So I got the mouse here. You can see my, my new optical mouse. So we're good to go. Let's let's do it. All right. So I'm going to enter them all. So hopefully there shouldn't be a, an overlay today or an, an overfill tournament because we're going to get into all these at once. There we go. $5 out. 
Re it, recently retopped my money on here, Pete, to get in, though. I have to point out, uh, tomorrow I am going to do a betrayal of, of you and what you believe in, Pete, because I'm going to do a DraftKings draft along with an underdog draft live and, and just show the difference because DraftKings, honestly, is completely unhinged. Yeah, no, knock yourself out. Um, wow, these filled very fast. So because we are going to do three different structural running back strategies, are we going to let the rooms in our first picks kind of dictate which yes. is which? Or you want to set out and be like, draft one is this, draft two is Let's see how these rooms go, but then we'll order them. So we'll put, you know, uh, like zero RB, anchor RB, and hyper fragile left to right. So it'll be like okay. less running backs to more running backs. Okay. This is going to uh, this is going to be a mess. This is going to be very difficult. So we are in the uh, we are drafting late in this one in the first round. So uh, we can see how that affects our strategy. Uh, this one we are. Wait, where am I? Okay. I think I'm scrolling a little too fast. We're late in this one too. So uh, the opposite of influence, Pete, is what I'm experiencing. You have the influencer 101. I have the non-influential 111 in two, two drafts. So one six, maybe, maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah. I don't know. Right, I have see seen, it. you will see some, like, I've seen some weird stuff in my puppy drafts. I've been pretty much only doing puppies, taking a little break from BBM three while this is open. And like, I'll, I'll see the occasional like Eckler at one three, you know, it's just kind of some interesting stuff there. So maybe we'll get a guy pushed down to us at one six. Yeah, hopefully I saw um in, in DraftKings this morning, Pete, I got Jamar Chase at the nine spot, which seemed incorrect. Are uh, you at him uh, at the nine spot? <laughs> yeah. What's his ADP like in the default app? Like five, six, but like, okay. the, I think the ranks throw people off sometimes, but it was, it was definitely one where I was like, what are you, what are you people doing? Like what is it really? There are some drafts that I feel like might just get thrown out because of what people are doing. That is not aligned with normal ADPs. Yeah. Uh, three picks away on the other one. Yeah, and this is a, a room where running backs going first here. I have to say, Pete, I, I watched a, a Rotovis stream with with Column over there, along with my pal Drico. Uh, kind of got sold on early running backs. One early running back, I think, is a little more appealing now that I've been uh, fully spun. Um. All right. Nothing. Eckler. Yeah, we can do Eckler. So Eckler. So we'll get we'll get our our anchor or hyper fragile out of the way. So let's put that there. Actually, I don't know. I'm just going to keep moving tabs around in a way that's probably going to just confuse us more. Like a Monte yeah, Carlo you need. You're going to need after after these first couple picks, you're going to have to keep them the same. Okay, here's one. All right, so th this is one that would have made sense. This could be a hyper fragile room, I guess. Yeah, hyper fragile is a little harder from the back end because the running backs available at the back end around three aren't as attractive. But we could, we don't have to. We can we can mix and match the rounds where we do it. Let's see what this okay. So this this draft we're gonna have receivers. So I think this is gonna be our zero RB. This one <laughs> Najee? Sure. Okay. Are you able to see the screen well enough, by the way? Because I, I tried to size it right. I'm try I, I can see the screen. Actually, I can make it bigger on my computer too. It's just the uh, the quick clicking around is is hard to follow. <laughs> oh, we're back at the clock here. All right, so this is our zero RB build. Devontae Adams, Kelsey, or CD Lamb? Yeah, just do Adams. Okay, I like Devontae Adams. Got no issue there. We're back on the clock in our... I guess it could be an anchor RB build. Uh, it feels like this is our hyper-fragile build, right? Um, Yeah, might as well do... Let's just go full high to stop. Derrick Henry doesn't normally fall to a 14 here. No. All right, Derrick... This is my, might be my first share of Derrick Henry happening live on this stream, but this is our... Now our hyper fragile build, so we'll go up here. The, the one other streamer trick, Spags, is when you have the board up, the Chrome tabs for picks away oh, yeah. doesn't work. So it's more helpful. We're on the clock here. All right. So now we take so now we should be taking receivers. So Debo. Debo, because this is going to be our anchor. Yep. Okay. And then this I think we, we're gonna like anchor the most, I feel like, based off the start. All right, we're we're on the clock with now the we're zero. On the clock here. Man, good thing I got this mouse. Um I guess Mike Evan, my, or we could reach for Debo. I know you do like Debo. We could do two Debos. I prefer Debo, and we get our, uh, you know, chalked up Week 17 correlation. Yeah, I don't like reaching for the Week 17 correlation, but I do take Debo in front of Mike Evans now a little bit more. <laughs> wow! Start Kimmel in all three with us. That is impressive. That's legitimately impressive timing on your part because that first one snap filled. We have to see like how he does because like if he does better than us, I'm gonna feel pretty bad. I guess we have the benefit of saying, "Oh, we're doing it on a stream, like it's a bit ha ha." But like we should have better drafts than this guy. I would hope. Um, I don't know. Having to to talk it out through. This is why there's the idiot streamer EV. 
All right, with this one's five picks away. This is our anchor RB build. So ideally, Pete, to me, that means we're not taking another running back until like the ninth round based on what the Rotoviz guys were talking about. I don't know if you'll feel comfortable with that, but that's that was the the general guideline provided. Spag, so I do think you get too rigid with these like mm -hmm. actual cutoffs. They are completely arbitrary, but what they do is they point us in the directional area. And it doesn't mean I can't take my second running back until round nine. If guys slip way past ADP, if there's a target you specifically have. Um, so yes, I never lock myself into, I'm not touching running back until this round, but I generally agree with an anchor RB build. We're going to wait to, uh, to take our, our running back. But and I support that, and I think that was a point that Jericho did go out of his way to say on that interview with Colin, which I would check out the road of his YouTube channel. I think it's a worthwhile, like, 20-minute or so video of them breaking down why people might not be taking enough running backs. And I felt like I think that was what they were saying to Pete. Like, I just want to say the ninth round is like a goalpost. If Josh Jacobs falls to the eighth, like, we could take Josh Jacobs. Or, like, if Travis, Travis Etienne falls to the sixth, sure. But I think, like, I actually liked the one-anchor RB build I did this morning where I did wait later on running backs and – um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not saying I'm addicted to it yet, like zero RB, but I, I got a little taste, Pete, and I want a little bit more. Yeah. You just, uh, just be flexible, man. <laughs> okay. This is going to make it tougher in anchor build. Um, yeah. Hang on. Did we already take two running backs on the other one? Yeah. Um, yeah. honestly, I might just take Josh Allen or Waller here. I, man, if we are, or we could take Brown. I, I honestly would probably take Josh Allen. All right. I mean, not a, not an ADP discount, but one one thing one thing I really do like, and I've been doing it with Mahomes and Herbert. When they fall, I will take them unstacked every time, just knowing the majority of teams that do have those guys are reaching to complete their dig stack, their Williams or Keenan stack, and specifically with the Bills, like the Bills are a pretty easy team to backdoor um stack as well you have lots of different options there so i'm not i'm not shying away from these elite qbs and then in this spot like we didn't have a good adp pick here yeah so here's our hyper fragile build so we're taking another running back uh well <laughs> we don't have actually take camara here for sure like this is this is definitely how we get a, a nice uh hyper fragile build where camara's value is going to definitely go up are you going to say for your hyper fragile you don't mind taking your third running back like the fifth or sixth yeah, like I do Brees Hall a lot as the third in my hyper-fragile builds. But in this case, I, I, I like Kamara. All right, these are going to come up pretty close at the same time. One pick away on our hyper-fragile, two picks away on our zero RB. Uh, so hopefully the hyper-fragile comes through first. Oof. Our wide receiver one is going to be McLaurin, Gabe Davis, or Deontay Johnson. Or we could take Waller and have an even worse wide receiver one. Well, I actually think Waller gives you – or Waller goes. Um, so, yeah, let's take a wide receiver. Okay. McLaurin, do you want to take Gabe? Do you want to buy? Let's let everybody's talking shit about Gabe Davis. Let's take him number one, our number one receiver. All right. All right. Yeah. The oh, we're on the clock over here. Okay. Cool. 20 seconds left. All right. Uh, Marquise. Sure. Uh, yeah. Or, I think, or Waller. I, I think I kind of prefer Waddle to Marquise, but either of those guys. Really? Let's sit. Okay. Let's sit on tight end. We have, okay. there's more options later. Um, we can take Waddle, I suppose. I, I certainly prefer Marquise, but I think. You also like DeAndre Hawkins a little bit more because of the discount and the week 15 through 17 stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Marquise Brown a lot, but I think Jalen Waddell has just like a much higher target upside, like target hog upside than Marquise Brown does. We're on, uh, we're on the clock here. Should we take Deontay Johnson, I guess, for our zero RB or our anchor RB build? Sure. All right. We could reach for Allen Robinson too and get the week 17 correlation. Um, nah, I'd rather do Kittle if we're going for correlation and a reach. Okay. So let's just take Deontay then. Whew. You know, honestly, I got to say this mouse makes it much easier because I've always been using like the touchpad up here and it makes it a lot more stressful to produce a show. I, that it's, this is all about eliminating stress for you, Spags. I mean, look, you see how I'm clicking here, Pete. I'm clicking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So that just makes that smaller. Okay. Back on the I clock. think... I think Waller makes sense. I don't think we're going to be able to get Kittle coming back to us, and I don't necessarily love anything else on the board right now. I am uh, elite tight end obsessed, so you are preaching to the choir there. I, I, I think I've told you, Pete. Like my top five exposed tight ends are all the elite tight ends. Like there's, and that's not even close. Like the, I think number two is going to be, or behind that grouping is going to be like the, 
Noah Fant. Yeah, actually, it might be Schultz and Hawkinson, actually, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah, Schultz is now – Schultz is our generation's Gabe Davis on Twitter these days. That's who everyone's debating. What is the debate on him? Is just that he's not, like, exceptionally talented? Yeah. Yeah, they're just saying, like, this feels like kind of the classic – I haven't heard anyone say this, but like the tight end den zone type pick where he gets propped up because of projectable volume. Um, people are using like a, an Austin Hooper example from back when he was on the Browns. And like, I get it to an extent, but I think Schultz has actually been pretty good and pretty efficient. I know he's not, he doesn't have like the, I used to play basketball in college kind of peripherals that you get super excited about, but like they are, I mean, there are so many targets there available and if your thesis is that like Dak is still good and that this offense could pass a ton like he's still a guy I want to sprinkle in and it is one of those things where it's like yes is he maybe slightly overpriced I, I do kind of prefer Hawkins to send over him still but like if this is where the market is going to have him I don't want to have zero percent Dalton Schultz so you sometimes just have to bite the bullet and and take those guys no, I think that makes sense. And I feel like Schultz showed us in the same offense last year that he can do it. And now there's, you know, one less major weapon out there. I do think Tolbert people are sleeping on a little bit too much with his ADP, but we're back on the clock. Um, feels like DK Metcalf here, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to set you up. I'm not trying to rope you in for Drew Locke here. I just feel like I would, you know, you wouldn't take Metcalf over Cooks or Amon Ra? No, no, I would. I'm okay, just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I was also looking and seeing that this room clearly is just, not quite as hot on the elite QBs. Um, seeing these these guys hanging around here a bit more. Yeah. Look, I, oh, we're back on the clock here for our hyper-fragile build. So we now need tight end. We need wide receivers. Mooney, Schultz, QB. Um, no, let's just do Mooney. Okay. You're not you're not hot on Mooney, right? Uh no, I I I'd say I'm like indifferent on him. I I didn't get a lot of him early because um, like Jude for a while, like Juju and Gabe Davis were all just kind of hanging around him, even Allen Robinson there for a spell. And so I was always drafting those guys, but now that like Gabe and Juju have gotten pushed up a little bit, Bateman, I, I now have been getting more Mooney. Um, do we take Schultz here? Do we take Cooper, Elijah Moore, Russell Gage, Devonta? <sighs> I mean, I'm probably just biting the bullet and taking Elijah Moore here. Okay. I could love that. Um, just, he's my like, I guess just my favorite player of this grouping. The board just, and this again goes back to sometimes when you force a hyper fragile build into, instead of letting it come to you, like you just end up in gross pockets of the draft where it's like, fuck, I, I don't want to take any running backs, but there's, there's nothing really here. That's appetizing. Yeah. I felt like hyper fragile made sense in the beginning with where these guys were lining up, but boy, we ended up thin. <laughs> we ended up I, very I, thin. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll actually undo what I just said because we did get Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry just objectively slid pretty significantly past his ADP, and then Kamara I do think is just a mispriced guy relative to where his closing line value is going to be. So, in that sense, I actually don't think we forced it that much. I just hate seeing wide receiver groups that gross. Like I feel like the anchor builds, like even if you get scooped a lot at receiver, it doesn't feel awful. Whereas like hyper fragile, you get scooped at receiver. It's like, oh, God, I like Mooney's got to be amazing. And they just traded for Nikhil Harry, which we didn't talk about, but, but it's going to be, we're going to make up for it with quantity. Like we're going to get to a 10 running back or 10 wide receiver build. Likely uh, definitely Bateman for me yeah. here. Okay. I firmly agree. Love Rashad Bateman. I think I don't love Jalen Waddle as much as you're on do. the clock over in this other oh. one. All right. Uh, fuck. Um, all right, boy, not great. Um, I probably would just get a Thielen or Hopkins share here. London? Mm, I'd probably play the ADP game a little bit more, but... Okay, we can do Thielen. I, I like Drake London, and I feel like he fits the archetype you like more, so no, I, I wouldn't mind jumping him. Yeah, I was going to see, like, if we had an Arizona guy on here breaking ties. That's normally what I do. Like, if I'm going to reach for a guy... If I don't have any other kind of like tiebreakers on him, then I'll kind of just default to the ADP. Okay, so Nikhil Harry, do you have any thoughts? We're about to be up on the clock here, but I don't think he's an LOL, LOL guy. Like he's a high draft capital guy that didn't work out in New England and Chicago's got nothing. Hang on. Did I did did we have a Nikhil Harry reference before? I completely missed it. Did oh, I, I was him? saying that like the Bears did draft him, but it was it was very fast. Um, we're on the clock though. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the Dobbins value here, but also hurts like if to just get our, uh, elite QB I'm good with. 
I like taking the elite QB here. Dobbins has fallen a lot in drafts I've been in lately, and I I don't mind taking him at this point, but we're not quite far not- enough behind ADP, and I think it wouldn't shock me if he lasts. Well, he won't last to our next pick, but it'll last a little bit longer. Like, look at the look at Lance's ADP right here, um, and then go look at the board and see when we next pick. So 79. This is what I normally do when I have more time of debating, like, do I want to take Hertz on a team where I have Debo now go to the board? The checker. Oh, checkerboard, yeah. We're See, and then we'd go and look, and where's our next pick at? 83. So then mm-hmm. I'm like, it is very unlikely that Lance slides, you know, four picks past ADP to us there. Okay, I, I feel more comfortable taking Hertz. Say we're at, like, pick 75. Then I'm like, okay, maybe we let Hertz go, knowing we can get Lance and sneak in an extra pick. This guy, Mad Sox, is saying that Nikhil... I mean, again, this is clearly a Boston fan, I think, based on the name Mad Sox. <sighs> Nikhil Harry, a dust ball at age 24, Pete. Do you feel Do you feel like Nikhil Harry has no shot of ever having use in the league? I would, I would never say no shot, just based on where he was drafted and the Patriots' kind of inability to develop wide receivers. I think a, a change of scenery could do him well. Is his probability of, like, ever doing anything really low? Yes. Okay. That's fair. I just feel like in the Bears offense, like if you don't believe in Mooney, you probably should believe in Harry or or Pringle or like you should believe in somebody there. But I think you got to believe in one of those guys just because somebody's going to have more of a share. Um, and Nikhil Harry does come in with a pedigree. Like I think it's still like, I get he's burned people, but like the the high draft capital is one thing we keep talking about time and time again. And I don't know why it wouldn't matter in this one scenario. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him. Like my my vision of Nikhil Harry's success is like he's probably never on your season log rosters, but like you might win a showdown slate with Nikhil Harry popping up for a touchdown one of these games. People already might have. Um, we're back on the clock here. We are trying to do our anchor build. We're getting weak at tight end. Should we take Hawkinson and get somebody? Um, we're at seven six. Let's let's wait on it. I mean, you want to just plug our nose and grab. Yeah, let's do Lazard and let's get the gross correlation, the the old Thielen Lazard correlation. <laughs> Lazard is hard to draft. Like, I don't get how his ADP came up this much. I've taken him, I think, one or two times, and I do not feel comfortable anytime I take him. Yeah, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone, Spags. Um, are we on the clock in this one? No, We're one about away. To be. Yeah. Um, what's our quarterback situation? We can probably sit. This is looking maybe like a later QB type build. I mean, this is the spot where no, no, no we can we can wait. Ugh. I mean, the the rep- Nick Underhill's pounding the drum for Michael Thomas, saying he's optimistic. We already bet on Camara. Do we want to bet on a Saints resurgence? And then that gives us three outs for late round quarterbacks and Jameis Fields and Zach Wilson. All right, I can live with that. And we're correlating with our other lineup that has Jalen Hurts, so it's a real win win. <laughs> You are the only one who pushes the uh, cross-current lineup correlation. <laughs> They're occurring at the exact same time, Pete. How could you not? <laughs> um, oh, boy, I do think uh, I do think we grab Hawk here, though, if he uh, if he falls to us. Okay, I support that. And then we get the uh, the Hawk Darnell Mooney correlation, and again another out for a late round quarterback. So this is clearly not. Um, an elite quarterback team, but we're, we're positioned with lots of options. Now four different options for, uh, for later QBs. Do all of our running backs have noteworthy braids? <laughs> depends. How, depends how you define noteworthy specs. <laughs> do, do you find them? I feel like that's like, that's pretty unique. I guess Aaron Jones, he would have been in that mix. There's a lot of running backs with braids that I'm thinking about it. No, I think for the way I would define it is when you retire from the NFL, do they at request a lock of the braid to put in Canton? And I think in all three of those players' case, it's definitely yes. Do you think Najee's going to make it to Canton? I feel like Derrick Henry and Kamara might already be there. Oh, Najee himself will not make it to Canton, but his braid of hair will, for sure. (laughs) It won't be for his play. It'll be surely for braid quality. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right next to Troy Palomalu's, you know, uh, hair there. No dandruff on that guy, I can tell you what. He was once, uh, when I was at USC, Troy Palomalu was a senior um, who was taking our freshman writing class. (laughs) Really? Yeah. When I was in Hawaii, I still saw so many Palomalo jerseys. They love him down there. They should. He, he, he was like a he was a whole vibe. All right, we're back on the clock here. There's a lot of running backs available. It feels uh, in this round, maybe we could take another running back. We are at pick 8-7. Oh, we have no um, tight end. I know, but it's like I'd rather sit on Knox. But um, I'm, I'm good grabbing a running back here. 
Sick Tony. Say Sanders or Pollard? Sick Tony Pollard. Give me Pollard or give me death. I feel like Miles Sanders, now that he said the fantasy thing out loud, like I just, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, we're on the clock here. Uh, shit, 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 shit. Uh, this is an okay time. I'll take Miles Sanders here. Yeah, no, that's perfect, actually. Yeah, because yeah, correlates with Jalen Hurts. Okay. All right. Yeah. Close one there. We were really running this well. I was I was feeling good about it. I was getting a little too confident, I guess, must be the case. My you're you're actually doing a good job. I get messed up when I do this because I'm a board maxi. Like I love having mm. the full board on the screen. And so when you do that, the tab notifiers get all messed up. But if you don't use it, the tabs are extremely handy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could see that. The tabs are definitely useful right now. We are on the clock Look at all again. these quarterbacks sliding. Do we have any stacks with these guys? Jeez. Mm, nope. Um, Man, I, I'd probably just take Traylon Burks, honestly. Um, Unless you're seeing something else. We don't have Dallas. We don't have... We do have Olave, potentially, with Philly. That's yeah, fine. We, yeah, let's do that. I mean, I, I prefer Burks to Olave, but I think the correlation can be a tiebreaker. Yeah, I, I have a lot of Burks. I think I've told you too that like Burks is one of my top exposed receivers. So like I at this point I should probably force myself to get more Olave, like a fast guy on an indoor stadium with Jameis Winston and a new QB, or a new a new offensive coordinator rather, or a new offensive scheme potentially with no Sean Payton there. It feels like there's a lot of ways Olave can break good, and I feel like he's not being treated. He and Jalen Tolbert, I think, are the two receivers where I'm like probably should feel a little See, more confident in them. My counter would be. I think Traylon Burke should be going closer to Drake London than Chris Olave. And so I think Olave, whereas I think Olave should be going closer to Jahan Dotson and Jahan Dotson is going far, far cheaper. So I do think Olave is like slightly overpriced, but not an egregious way. Oof. Okay. We got, Fuck, we did, we did. Here. We just got sniped on Knox. God damn yep. it. Uh, you know, a lot of running backs, Robert Woods, Zach Ertz, which does not make sense for us. Uh, let's you want to just do Boyd with our Cincinnati bring back on let's whatever see. we end up doing with Allen. That works for me. Oh man, that go, go to the oh, man. Base Frank took Singletary too. go to the Knox team. What, what is this guy doing? I want to see if I can be pissed off. Here he is. Ugh, I hate this team. God damn it. <laughs> We're about All to right, come fine. up on our, our Get off the board so we get our notification. They, right. The the chat being so scared of Burks makes me want to gobble him up so much. Um, I I hope that this kind of general sentiment um, continues to push him down. He is such a smash. Christian Watson, Tim Patrick, Galladay, a QB. Um, do we have any? Nope. Okay. So. Yeah. Just to, you want to do Galladay because it gives us another quarterback option. We just continue to have all these um, late round quarterback options. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I mean Stafford doesn't make sense for us. Oof. Yeah, a lot of running back value though. That would have been nice, but not with our build. Yeah, and this is this is the thing I think about too, where it's like. Yes, we like getting elite quarterbacks, but then I do like breaking ties on like those selections. It's like, okay, Tim Patrick, Watson, Galladay, whatever, flat tier. Hey, let's grab the guy whose quarterback is available late and just gives us more outs because looks like we are headed toward a, a three QB build. All right, we're about to come up again with nothing logical within sight. The funniest thing, MVP Sports says, you can have all the Traylon Burks you want in that run-heavy offense, uh, which was the exact same rhetoric when they drafted A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was sliding in dynasty drafts, sliding in redraft. There's no way uh, a, a wide receiver could succeed in this run-heavy offense with Ryan Tannehill, Pete which Patrick, makes it all the more... Gallup. <laughs> uh, yeah, go, go Patrick. Okay. We just, I guess we just need to keep hammering wide receiver here. I didn't want to interrupt your take, but we were... No, no. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this is this build. Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, Tim Patrick. At least we got some youth. I think that's the one positive we can say. We love the youth of America. GA saying Burks is an AJ Brown. I don't think he has to be. No, but they legitimately do compare similarly as prospects. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, what do we oh. do? Any tight ends here? Um, yeah, yeah, let's 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 go um Irv. And then we could get Cousins. Or... But you wouldn't do James Cook here for the correlation. 
Uh, I'm not as folk worried about that. Okay. I get, I see your point. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with cook too. If we're right, if we're worried, I think we're otherwise probably trying to get um, Crowder. I mean, honestly, I feel like we took, we took Pollard. Like normally it does feel like I was playing with the roster construction explorer a little bit on road of too. And I felt like nine, 10, like you take one running back and you could wait a little bit longer for him. We took Pollard as our, our second running back in the anchor build. So we could wait on our running back a little bit more. Yeah. I think Cook felt like a little bit of a luxury pick for that yeah. build, considering we didn't have any tight ends yet. No, that's fair. I, I honestly missed that we didn't have tight ends. Like, it's really one of those things that if I don't take a tight end early, I get kind of thrown off because I just go like, ah, oh, must have a tight end already. And we we really probably needed Irv Smith there. We also could have really used Kirk Cousins coming back to us, but that is now not the case. Yeah, no, it's fine. I have no problem getting the exposure there. And who else? We're back on the clock on this one in a second. Uh, let's see. Wait, where are we on the clock? Oh, this one is coming up now. I was like... I thought you wanted to see the other one still. Yeah, we're on the clock on this one. Our zero RB build. Okay. This is probably uh, another running back here, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... Penny or Walker. We also, we also could do Derek Carr if we wanted to be done. because we Yeah, let's do Carr because we have the double there. Yeah, whatever running back comes back to us, I think we'll be happy with. I know. I guess like if if we weren't doing three drafts at once, we could see what this turn team was doing and if he was liable to take car, but whatever. So he's got burn zone. He's got Kyler. Probably wasn't gonna take car. Interesting. Kyler with Marquise Brown and James Connor. I feel like I don't see that very often. What does he do? He does go walker. Oh, that's burn zone. Um yeah, I'm I'm cool with um we go back to our team. I'm just trying to see between like oh, Penny and Edmund. Oh, sorry. Um I mean Ramondre with Waddle. Um or we could just grab Penny as like the value hound pick. Which would you or prefer? We could, or we could go we could build out the bet on the Dolphins with Edmonds. I kinda like Edmonds. All right, let's do Edmonds because we're on the clock on this other one here on our Anchor RB build. And RBs are plentiful once again. Um, we don't have any You want to get... I think we can do Cook now, now that okay. he fell. All right, let's do that. That is the benefit, too, of, like, you have your target and you let him go, uh, and then they make it back. I feel like it makes it an easy selection. I mean, if you love something, set it free. And if it comes back to you, Pete, you know what that means? It's meant to be. James Cook at 126. I don't know if I've seen him go that far in, in mini drafts. Yeah, Singletary stopped precipitously falling, I feel like, because it used to be variable in some of the rooms I was in. But I do think Cook is falling more. Like, Cook and Ken Walker, I feel like I see falling a lot as the rookies. And I don't... Yeah. Like, your, your video covers it well. Like, those guys shouldn't fall at this point. They should probably stay pretty flat. Yeah. Ooh, this is our hyper-fragile build where we are going to start thinking about quarterbacks but not even necessarily right now um i think we're i think we're probably tacking on a wide receiver i'm fine with i'm fine with gallup here so do we have any other correlations because we're going to be gallup, getting to yeah, gallup with derrick henry yeah that works and because we're going to be getting to nine or ten receivers we can deal with uh gallup not not playing right out of the gate. Yeah, we could use one more tight end, and this honestly is a pretty tight end rich area. Running back, we can keep waiting on. Certainly, we need two QBs, but not eminently. Fields might be nice here. See, I kind of wish we had taken Komet and Fields. Yeah, that could have worked, but we still have so many of these options later. Who do you want to do here? I mean, I think let's just take. I think let's take Fields, and then we'll take one of the other late options. The only problem is, it's just like we have so many good stacking options late. Like I would probably take take Komet, and then we're done at tight end, and then we get that that correlation there and we can build out something with um with the lions okay 
I man, I, I feel like it's tough for me to take mentally to take Komet and Mooney because I'm like Fields clearly got there. Like Fields took a leap and was good. We're back on the clock on this one though on our anchor RB build, and we probably should not. I guess we could keep spamming running backs, but I feel like we need a receiver maybe. Um, oh, Van Jefferson for the Eckler correlation. Sure. I think like I know because I see people talk about this. I think trust me, like completing the stacks is nice and it's sexy and it's what we want to do but it never deters me from taking two teammates from the same team without a quarterback like i'm still making a bet on offense and i'm still going to get stacks with my other quarterback so i think it's not uh as clean of a stack but i'm still making like a macro bet on that team and i don't shy away from players that i think are either good values or fit my structure just because i can't get their quarterback uh, Josh in the chat seemingly goading me, asking if you could talk about wide receiver values if Jimmy G goes to Seattle. I feel like that's a terrible fit. Like a guy who showed a real reluctance to throw deep balls in an offense that is going to benefit the variability of deep balls would be my take, Pete. But what's yours? Um, I mean, I, I wrote about that in the newsletter the other day. I mean, I think it would be a similar bump. Like, I think it would be a similar bump that we saw for DJ Moore, right? Where it's like, he didn't skyrocket up into the first round, but he moved up like seven or eight spots. It gave like the market confidence, a little more confidence, basically raised the floor. And I think that's what Jimmy G would do for Lockett and Metcalf. It would raise the floor. Um, I don't know if it really changes their ceiling outcomes that much because Jimmy G has never been the type of quarterback who like unlocks ceiling potential for wide receivers. All right, we're back on the clock in our zero RB build. Um, we are covered for this Vegas stack. We have I mean, I love Rashad back. White. Um, okay. Yeah, I know we don't have any... We're yeah. kind of thin at receiver for a zero RB team. We are. Like, I think taking Hertz kind of threw off the feng shui a little bit, which I don't mind. Like, Hertz is good enough to justify it, but I, I think... We got a receiver in that range instead. There might have been a nice 2v2. We're, we're going to be fine, though, because it just means that we're going to end up doing more of like a 8 or 9 wide receiver build than, you know, you can get away with a 7 wide receiver build. Um, let's see on the clock. Uh, I mean, H Hendo, Hendo is a nice pick here, and then we're we could... I think we're still a five running back build no matter what. What's our tight ends looking like? We got Irv Smith and nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not seeing... I'd probably just take Henderson here. All right. We're on the clock here. Zero RB build team. Damian Pierce. I mean, I don't want to take another running back because we're weak at receiver. I, what, how about we get our, our Dotson exposure here? Okay. I can live with that. You just love opening. I guess this lineup doesn't need it, but open up those late QB stacks potentially with, no. with Carson Wentz. You can have your pick of the litter, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, whoever. You Who's see. our? Who do we have here? Is it just Allen so far? No, this one our zero RB is. Uh, oh, we're good Mark. here. Yeah, we spent a little yeah. too much uh, QB capital for our zero RB team. Perhaps, perhaps that's my my feeling right now, but could be wrong. I just, I don't view it through that lens. I view it through a quantity versus quality thing. And it's like, okay, we got off to a fast start with our zero RB with quality. Then we kind of got away with it because we prioritized other thing. So now we actually have to push the quantity element a little further than you sometimes actually need to with a true zero RB build. So it's just like a sliding scale for me um, with all of it. Okay. I think that's a reasonable look. I, nothing you say when you push back on the stuff it strikes me as I'm like, oh, you're a fucking maniac. So I think that's perfect. How about, fair. oh, fuck, I wanted Chark to really set up our uh, Detroit uh, double. That stinks. Um, yeah, that's our first kind of quarterback coming up. That makes yeah. sense. And we can um, look for Wandale. Yeah. Corey sense. Davis. All, I, I, Corey Davis here also to set up the double. Okay. All right. So this is a an interesting hyper fragile build. I have to say, like, I don't love this receiver group, but it does feel like you can set up stacks kind of nicely with the mid range QBs if you do hyper fragile build, at least in this room. Yeah. Yeah, and we're at. Let me see our total numbers right now. Heading into fifteen, so we have four more picks, and we're at a one three eight two. We're definitely going to get to two quarterbacks one more running back and one more wide receiver. So we're going to probably end up with a three, four, nine, two build. Okay. Oh, so you think we're going to take two more quarterbacks? 
Yeah, I think this is a three QB build. Okay. I mean, look, if, if Osmo says so, if the if the man behind Stochastic named Osmo says so, then I think we got to try Well, Osmo seems even more willing to go three QBs with elite QBs than I'm comfortable with, but I definitely, when I punt quarterback, I'm definitely good with, with a three QB build. All right, we're on the clock here. This is our anchor build. Feels like we're still kind of thin at receiver. I mean, we have a big bet on the Rams. I don't know if we want to tack on Higby, Noah Fant. This isn't our Jets team, but we do have DK Metcalf. Do do Fant. Okay. Hey, I'm never never gonna get any disagreement from me taking Noah Fant. You're gonna have to Wallace, you're gonna have to ask Spags. He's a professional streamer. I don't know what he's doing today. I could I could try to make it hold on, let's see. Can I <laughs> it's it's honestly pretty good. Because I made it a little fatter. Be. That filled it out. It's because we're doing the full window today, not the tabs. I'm pretty good now at tab sizing. It's just, you know, this window is a whole new ballgame. Actually, Pete, I, I don't I'm ashamed to tell you. I hopped into our stream room earlier just to make sure I had like the sizing kind of right. And I think a little bump in zoom helps this window now currently. There you go. Um, this hasn't been quite as chaotic as I thought it was going to be. No, I I feel like we just had slightly less good teams. <laughs> like I think that was, it's not chaotic. It's just that we've made maybe a little bit less plus EV decisions. Yeah. Which you're, you're going to have diminishing returns every single <laughs> draft you tack on. I do think two at the same time. <laughs> nice. Two drafts at the same time. Am I right? Like, I think that's pretty much <laughs> the easiest way to do it and still have it. <laughs> well, took us a while. Bogged for threesomes with giraffes. <laughs> we got it. We finally um, got right. there. What are we, what um, are we doing here? So we're, we're done at quarterback. This is a zero RB team. What are we up to wide receivers? Six, six, we see uh, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis. In this one, we're sorry, I keep forgetting. We're done at quarterback, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um. Uh. Did did uh did fucking Hunter Henry fall to us? I was sweating that. This is a smash for us. Okay. Oh yeah, because we have the Miami bet. Okay, that works. We're on the clock on this one too. Our anchor RB build. Uh, we probably don't need a running back. We need a QB. Um. We don't have any Jets. So Zach Wilson doesn't make sense. Um, what are you thinking? Let's see. I'd probably just take Paris Campbell. Okay. No gripe for me. I don't know if I have any uh, great reasoning behind it other than he's a wide receiver I like, and I feel like we could use uh, another wide receiver here. Oh, we're back on the clock on this one on our 0RB build. Go up. Um, we're, yeah, we're uh, fuck. I mean, I have done the occasional double up little hand cucking here. Um, With Gainwell? I've done it. I have done it. Um, or Given this draft. offense, I don't, and we didn't get Brown. We didn't get like, I think that's a reasonable bet to make. I'm going to put Gainwell in. I normally I would say like, I think you've beaten up that drum enough that like, you probably shouldn't take two running backs with the same team, but that just meant that entire offense ran weird and they just threw the running backs way more than they should have. Um, yeah. We're on the clock here for our hyper fragile. Um, this is our, our Zach Wilson. Got to complete this double stack here. Yeah. That works. All right. So we got Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson. We are dominating New York. We got Elijah Moore paired with him. Corey Davis paired with Zach Wilson as well. And then we do need one more giant at some point. But I think Wandale's coming up a little bit later. Nick Nick is completely right. The way Pete said he's done handcucking, he said it like he wasn't proud of it. I is it I'm not proud of it. I will say check out Lee uh after we make this pick here. Um, we are gonna take a fourth running back at some point, but these aren't the type of fourth running backs we need. Who was the other quarterback we wanted? Uh Drew Locke. <laughs> no. Um was it no? so Winston's gone? Okay. Oh, Goff. Is Goff there still? Yeah. Um, do you want to just grab that? Because he might not make it back to us at the back end of the 17th. Yeah, I think that's fair. So now, yeah, so now we're good at quarterback. We have one more wide receiver and one more luxury. Um wide receiver pick. Oh, the thing I was gonna say about the handcucking is the one thing that opened my mind 
to it was Leone looked at handcuffing, but then spliced it um, by the type of backs, you know, like you have an anchor running back and a pure handcuff and that ended up being like negative EV, but some of the um, backs who had very different roles in the offense actually worked well. So like Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines were actually an example of this, where it's basically like their production isn't as inversely correlated the way they're used. Sometimes they're on the field at the same time, basically different roles in the offense. Um, And I do think Sanders and Gainwell kind of fit um, that thing where you could have Gainwell as the, as the pass catching back, Miles Sanders more as the, uh, as the main rusher. And so that, that it's like, when I do it, it's like, Okay, you're completing a stack. It's at ADP or a value, and they have different roles in the uh, in the running back room. We're in our anchor RB build. We need another QB still. Who? What um, QB options do we have? Zach Wilson, Tannehill, Goff. I mean, these these are all ones I feel like we can wait on. It feels like taking one more RB here. Yeah. Do you just want to do Darrell Williams? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm not a Darrell Williams guy, but Awu, 17 picks after ADP. <laughs> I think he's the best leverage play against Connor for week 15 through 17. Like Keontae Ingram should still be getting drafted. I think I know your team, you know Benjamin, but like a big back who kind of does similar things. Like I, I, I think Keontae Ingram should be higher valued. But she's getting drafted at least. Yeah, we've just seen what Darrell Williams does with you know, a decent workload in a high powered offense and it's fine. It's serviceable, but you're not accessing a a ceiling because he just doesn't have the profile to break off big plays. Um, you, you would really need him to run pure from like a touchdown standpoint, which could be possible because James Connor (laughs) ran really Mm -hmm. pure from a touchdown standpoint. Yeah, no, I, I think Darrell Williams to me is in play, and he's certainly more. I mean, James Conner is an okay pass catching back, but Darrell Williams kind of more of a pure pass catching back, and also pass protect pretty well. So it just takes Conner going down. I think in terms of like the backup guys, he's pretty appealing. But that said, like Darrell Williams could be good for ten weeks of the season, and then it's still Keontae Ingram down the stretch. Um, so that's a little bit of, or you know, you know, if you want to go that way too. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, over Keontae. I mean, the Cardinals have been very slow and patient with, like, developing the backs that they've drafted early, you know, being a, a prime example. And and just there's legitimate buzz. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury just is hyping up, you know, every time he gets to the mic. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm buying in. He's probably just negging Keontae. He's like, oh, I'm talking about Eno. Like, you hear this? Ke- saying it within Keontae Ingram with an earshot, and that's how, that's how that plays. That's how the Cliff, um, classic Cliff. Will you just filter running back and wide receivers? Yep. Um, I can't take Darrell Williams on back-to-back teams. And <laughs> James Robinson. I normally draft uh, Marlon Mack in this spot. I'm I'm fine with with Robinson too. Okay, I I'm surprised you're taking Marlon Mack. That's a guy that I was not on, but Sean Siegel is on, and. Uh, one of my things I do in fantasy when I don't have strong takes is I just tail Sean um, and Damian Pierce, like isn't a prospect that I'm that scared about And Marlon Mack and zero RB builds is I think a guy that's just going to have a role right out of the gate. All right. We need our QB here. We got a one, five, eight, two in our, do we, uh, I think RB we just build. draft the milf hunter this late. I mean, okay. What is our draft room doing? Yeah, we don't, this isn't the one where we have uh, Burks. What's our tight end situation here? Irvin Fant. We could we could also tack on a Uzoma if we did want to get like a stack thing here. You know who we have a pretty clean. We're on the clock there. over in the other one. <laughs> oh no. Shit. Uh, uh get a uh sh- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Devin Duvernay, come on down. Oh no, this what round is this? This is round. Okay, we got one more pick, so. We need one more running back. Who did we end up getting? Duvernay. Duvernay. Okay. It's, it's honestly not the end of the world. He's the Najee Harris correlation for week 17. <laughs> that was actually pretty pretty good nimble uh, fingers there, Spag. He's not the one we want. We are a James Prochet show, as we've discussed. But Who did we auto-draft on the left? Someone said we auto-drafted elsewhere. Um, okay, this is where we auto-drafted. Oh, we got Jameis. Fuck. Well, hang okay, on. We're... Let me look. No, but hang on. Is it fine? Let me try to justify this away. Yes. Oh, yes. Stacked Billy it up with Olave, three QB build, and that mega week 17. This was always part of the plan. 
I mean, we wanted Jameis in one draft. We got him in a different one. So if we're if we're putting all this player pool together into one big draft, I feel like we got a lot of correlations. All right, let's look at the running backs. We got to find a very high upside running back here. I mean, I I love Deontay Foreman. I love Eno. I like Dearnest. We need someone with a big swing here. Samir White, Eno. I mean, Eno. If you like Eno, we took Darrell in one of the other ones. That's enough psychological. <laughs> Like I don't, I'm not buying the Eno thing, but on a show with you, I will take Eno just to do it. Clip this, vault me. <laughs> this is talk about hyper fragile though. <laughs> Najee Harris, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, and then Eno Benjamin bringing up the rear. That, that's literally how you do hyper fragile. No, I know. Uh, I I agree. I meant literally to the. Hey God, what do we need here? Uh, we could take another running back. Is Uzoma still here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get some little stacking here. And I think Irv as our tight end, uh, I'm not a big tight end three guy, but this seems like a fine spot to do it. Yeah, I agree. I do think we should take, I wouldn't mind taking a running back here or if we had, you know, felt better about our tight end selections. Um, But I think, you know, five is fine for, for an anchor build. Because I feel like here. an anchor build is like a, a luxury zero RB. Like it's like the upgrade. You got leather seats on your zero RB is how I feel about anchor RB builds. Now that I'm kind of dabbling a little bit more in them conceptually. You're you're kind of in your experimental phase. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm being bimodal by <laughs> by draftal with Holy my. Cow, you weren't kidding about not being into the puppy. Only three puppy drafts so far. I'm doing be- I'm doing DraftKings, man. I got to catch up there, otherwise I'm not going to finish. I'm really interested. The chat uh, is Conklin over Uzoma. That's that's wild to me. Um, they just gave a big deal to, to Uzoma. Yeah, Conklin is like never emerged as a pass catcher, and we saw Uzoma like look really good down the stretch for the Bengals in that role. Um, Conklin's too tough of a sell for me. That must be report driven. Someone said there was a report that uh, the beat says Conklin is the starter. I'm willing to fade the beat on that one. Yeah, and also, Ozoma's coming off the injury. Like, I think that could be a little bit of a delayed start for him. The one thing I will concede is Conklin and Uzoma could certainly cannibalize each other um, and just take the whole ship down. But if if you're binking kind of like a a high-end outcome, I think it's Uzoma. I mean, Tommy's saying Conklin had like 600 yards last year, but he had, like, what would Irv Smith have had then? Probably a 1,000. I don't know. Conklin's like a blocking tight end. Yeah, Conklin was getting early OTA work when Uzoma was not even there. It's fake news. There you go. Yeah. Fake news. Go yeah, away, Conklin. Uzoma's busy with Kay Adams. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, recovering yeah, Kay Adams wearing a nurse outfit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wh- whose play is going to be? Do you think Kay Adams, Conklin, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's mom's Fred Doubleday? Is that possible? We need some <laughs> uh, some wide receivers here, I think. With a three, Yeah, five, let's get a wide receiver. You take Odell and just pray. I never take Odell. Scroll down. Scroll down more. All right, hold on. Uh, Do we... Um, Fuck. Spags, I can't see shit. You have Odell covering the entire thing. Do Visca! Nope. Fuck that. Odell over Visca is such a bad... Do you want to book any amount of money Visca over Odell points this year? I mean, we'll have another pick here. We could take Visca, too. (laughs) I don't think I don't think we're at a threat of losing Visca. And if we do, then I'm sorry for Burn Zone, one of the regulars here. He can, he, if he wants to give up his money, <laughs> he can take Visca. Disgusting. We also need like a Cle- like a Cleveland guy might be nice to go with Dotson. Like we got Peoples Jones here. Let me just stop, just like manically sliding around. Let me look at this fucking team. Are we done that. with running backs? I we can't do a five running back zero RB build. I think we need a. Okay. I think we need another running back. Brian Robinson feels like high upside. People are touting most start. Uh, McKinnon's still I'm here. Good. I'm good with any of those. Uh, I'm going to do McKinnon. I just want to get some more McKinnon, especially on the drafts where he does fall. The the Winston pick, while not being like horrendous because we at least got like a stack and stuff, did really hurt us structurally. Yeah, yeah. We lost one more running back, one more wide receiver. This is not three, uh, the rare three, six, seven, two build. You know, we got unique though. <laughs> if nothing else, we did get unique. 
All right, you probably got to jump to see some production meetings so we can stop the show here. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow on the Splash Play channel doing a solo stream. So go subscribe to that channel, of course. When we hit 1,000 subs on the Splash Play channel, Pete will be forced to drink beers and have fun with me on a Friday. So please go subscribe over there. Pete, you're doing the randomizer with David Kitchen, who was a shockingly good zero RB draft on the, on the Swolecast. But uh, today, everything's out the window, I presume. Did you watch the whole show or just the – he was shockingly good through about five rounds and then it all oh, fell I, I watched off the, the first rows. five rounds and then I had to go deal with the baby. <laughs> okay, I did finally <laughs> catch you. No, I, no it, uh, it went really downhill late in oh, the draft. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, but he was expecting you to handhold him, and he was like willing to be humble. And I don't—I presume, knowing what I very little that I do of David Kitchen, <laughs> I feel like perhaps that didn't happen. But he did appeal to you for help. No, yeah, he did. Tonight is going to be very fun. The prompts I've been getting are legitimately hilarious, and um, I always try to balance like with the randomizer guests. I like doing them with new people. I actually, uh, and I'll mention this on the show tonight. I booked uh, Joey Molinaro for next week. Oh, yeah. uh, he's doing some stuff with Underdog, and uh, I think would be very funny. So, but my point I was going to make is that sometimes the people who I do shows with regularly, like I had never asked Kitchen. This is my third year doing randomizers, but they end up just being the funnest because we have so many bits and things to play with and so kitchen kitchen show tonight's gonna be wild it almost sounded like you're gonna say it at some point you're gonna be on it and said you just didn't say it and made me feel like you alone and sad i mean like i said it took kitchen three years you know I, i'm thinking probably 2025 spags you make it on the randomizer it's just gonna be our third season of splash play i know time flies when we've been poor at promoting this is this <laughs> really gonna be our third season yeah our third yeah, we started right before you started literally when the season started and uh i guess coming out of that was like coming out of covid right like that fall yeah. we started it wow Time flies when you're getting bonked. <laughs> All right, so make sure you go check out The Randomizer with Pete and David Kitchen coming up in a few hours. Subscribe to the Splash Play channel. We are doing the shows there Monday, Thursday, and Friday is a SPAG solo stream. I'm going to bring some heat tomorrow. I'm going to have that big monitor going. It's going to be great. Follow at Peter Roversett. Follow at Chris Spags. Follow at Splash Play Pod. And, of course, hit like on this video before you go. And last call, check out Football Outsiders. Go check out the Almanac. 20% off on the early bird deals for all of the FO data. In addition, the Football Outsiders Almanac that just came out this week. So a worthwhile beach read. Put it on a PDF. Take it with you. Uh, but go check that out at footballoutsiders.com. And we'll be back. Pete and I will be back on Monday at 2.30, but we'll see you guys in a few hours for the randomizer. Bye.